What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Dolphins in Depth Podcast. I'm Daniel Yafusi. That is David Neal. Thanks so much for tuning in. Quick reminder before we start, make sure to subscribe to the Miami Herald YouTube page. Like, share, comment as well. Subscribe to the Miami Herald. Uh, now, both of us, I believe, are not at our normal recording places. I am in Houston uh, ahead of a set of joint practices the Dolphins are holding with the Texans Wednesday and Thursday. They're going to be going at it uh, with the Texans down south uh, ahead of their second preseason game. Uh, on Saturday night, David Neal, where are you recording from? I am in I am in Miami in the new Miami Herald offices, uh, and uh, yeah, we're behind us. Behind me is the newsroom, and uh, yeah, we've uh, we've been in the we've been in today at uh, a couple rounds of an open house and uh, checking out the new place, and uh, yeah. Now, the, yeah. now we, one editor did try to say, "Oh, look, it's even better view than our 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 farm, our the old Harold building, because all that had was water." And we like snow down. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I didn't get to see I didn't get to see the, see the older one, so I'll take your word for it. I'll take your word for it. Okay, we have Biscayne Bay and Miami Beach in the distance. Uh, you know, look, yeah, looking over, you know, looking over Flagami, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, yeah, parts of uh, parts of West Dade. No, no, but it is it is just a great view from the office. Um, you can see a good distance in uh, a few different, you know, kind of a hundred and eighty degree direction uh, span, and no, it's, it's nice to have a place to work if we don't want to work from home. Uh, which so which you know people will do to varying degrees. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know how how, how many times I'll be in there, but I mean sports I'm glad I'm glad you're making I'm glad you're making use of it right now. Yeah, yeah. Sport, sports writers haven't been in the office for thirty years, so yeah, true facts. Yeah. All right, getting to the topic at hand, dolphins and specifically dolphins in depth. We got a lot to talk about uh, this week. Looking back, looking ahead, looking right now because we've had a lot of news the past couple of days. Uh, but we're gonna start with the Dolphins' first preseason game, the preseason opener at Hard Rock Stadium against the Atlanta Falcons after a pair of joint practices in Miami Gardens. Um, it wasn't the debut of the 2023 team that I think a lot of people expected, but when you have a lot of your starters sitting out, you have a lot of backups, third stringers, reserve guys, uh, you know, things might not be pretty. And Mike McDaniel, uh, you know, kind of summed that up well in his opening comments saying in jest, did you enjoy that clinic? 19-3 uh, to loss at the hands of the Atlanta Falcons. Um, no Tua Tagovailoa, no Tyreek Hill, no Jalen Waddle, no a lot of the key guys that you're going to see uh, when games are really uh, count. So we got a chance to see Mike White. We got a chance to see Skylar Thompson in the second half. And it wasn't the the greatest first impression for the two guys vying to be Tua Yeah, it was a clinic, all right. It looked like we need to go to the clinic, the free clinic. Yeah, it, it, it was not pretty. It was not pretty. Now, Mike White got the start um, at quarterback, um, kind of got first first action, first chance to uh, show what he can do, um, you know, in you know playing for his hometown team. Um, he had a nice first drive going, uh, but then he forces a pass in the red zone, gets intercepted in the end zone, end of the drive. Um, he played the entirety of the first half. Finished 9 of 14, 85 yards. That interception, as I mentioned, uh, and was sacked once. Skylar Thompson comes into the game, uh, and it was not pretty. It, it really wasn't pretty in the second half. Um, the second-year player, former seventh-round pick, finished 10 of 16, 104 yards, two interceptions, including a pick six late in the game. 
uh, sacked four times as well. So he, uh, you know, he didn't make some great decisions out there, but he also didn't get a lot of help from uh, his blockers. After the game, uh, McDaniel was asked how confident he is in those two backup quarterback options. And he said, I'm not going to overreact to one game. Uh, it's the first preseason game. He said he's like what Thompson and White have done throughout camp. Um, and it looks like Skylar Thompson is going to get the opportunity to start uh, the second preseason game. So we'll, we'll kind of get a chance to see what he does with, you know, Mike White got to play with more of the, you know, he got to play with Braxton Berrios uh, and River Craycross, some of the more veteran guys. When Skylar Thompson was in their second half, it was a lot of more younger reserve guys in there. So they're going to flip uh, flip rules in the second preseason game, it looks like. We don't know if two is going to play, um, but as it pertains to the backup quarterback, um, is that was that a game that, gives you, you know, reason to pause and question uh, their backup options. Yeah. I mean, you everything, all the buts and, you know, the mitigations aside, you expect at least a solid, like one touchdown drive. You know, it's not like the Falcons are out there playing everybody, playing their, you know, playing all their ones. So you expect at least one touchdown drive, um, and that didn't happen. I mean, Mike White, two nice drives, uh, one that ended in an interception, and one that ended in a, you know, it was a fourth and two. Yeah, pass turnover on down. downs, you know, the ball yeah. is deflected, and it just kind of well, started. And, well, and then there was the other, right, the other one was deflection. The yeah. the one well, to uh, Barrios in the Barrios, area, right? he just wasn't. Yeah, he was just a little behind him. A little behind. Right, a little behind him. Could have made a better throw, you know. Um, so you're saying two drives that could have been touchdowns ended on tough, you know, bad throws in the third time, you know, pass deflected, which is going to happen. But, uh, yeah, you, you gotta, they didn't score a touchdown. They scored three points. They, heck, they were outscored by Atlanta's defense. You can't, you can try to paint this any way you, you know, Try to throw any kind of filter you want on it. You know, it, it doesn't matter. You can put this on Instagram. It, there's nothing that's going to make that picture look good. You know, you scored three points in a preseason game when the other guys weren't playing their best guys either. You know, um, so is it worrisome? I think it's worrisome if you repeat it, if there's a pattern. Um, it's slightly concerning, but, you know, maybe they, you know, you know, maybe they both beat the bed the same night. It just happens. Um, so, you know, let's see what happens, you know, in this, in the second preseason game, if the second, if, if the same thing happens, then you're kind of gritting your teeth and hoping that Tua shows up for 17 games. I mean, you're all, you're all, you're already hoping that, but yeah. I mean, well, right, right, but but you then you then you're you're really hoping you're because you're not you're th- not thinking. Okay, we have something. We have a backup. We can work. We can we can win with. That's you know when they had Teddy Bridgewater last year, they at least had the thought. Okay, we have an experienced NFL back, back you know backup who has been a starter in this league, and yeah, we. Can win with with him, whether they did or not is kind of beside the point. They at least thought they could. You get two straight preseason games, 
you get a second straight preseason game, games like what you saw last Friday night, uh, you're not going into the season thinking that you think you're thinking, boy, you know, we lose our we lose our quarterback, and you know, that's how many L's were behind the ball already. Yeah, so I I rewatched the game all twenty two as well as the uh, the normal TV copy, and I I I wasn't I didn't leave my second watching of the game feeling as negative about the quarterback situation as initially when the game ended. You know, when we first look at the game, the box the final box score nineteen to three. The stats aren't great. Um, to Mike McDaniel's point, he said the first half the operation was generally smooth. I believe they had four offensive drives in the first half. Three of them ended in the red zone. Obviously, um, you know, most of them didn't end up with any points. Turn the ball over. We want to clean that up. I think I think the most egregious, I guess the two most egregious parts of Mike White's kind of first half was the interception in the red zone where it's like you just can't throw that ball. He's, he said that he thought it was a good read, but you just can't throw that ball in in, in that in that type of congestion and put the ball um in harm's way. I thought that was just inexcusable. And then the the pass to Burials, where he had a step on the wide on the, on the cornerback. And if you lead him, that's six. That's a touchdown. And you know, the complexion of your first half looks a lot, lot different. Right. Um, but generally, like when I watched like in between the play, like not just looking at like all right, the final results, but you know, play by play, I saw like a lot of good things. Like I saw for the most part somebody that looks like they can operate this offense in a pinch and I always say and even when they signed Mike White and I think you acknowledge that as well is if knock on wood God forbid Tua goes down he's not and I wrote about this he's not he or Scott Thompson is not throwing to Chris Coleman and David Davis um and some of the guys that are out there no no disrespect to them but you know they're not they're not the Dolphins headliners not the Dolphins starters um if sure. you know they're pressed into action they're going to be throwing a Tyreek Kill they're going to be throwing a Jalen Waddle they're going to have Teron Armstead blocking for them they're going to have Robert Hunt and Connor Williams blocking for them they're going to have Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson carrying the ball for them so obviously the things around them are probably going to elevate them and Mike McDaniel said that as well he said there were a lot of situations where guys may not have been doing their jobs like some of the blocking in the second half just wasn't like it just wasn't. It's just not cut. Right. <laughs> I feel like uh, Skyler did not make good decisions in the second half. His ball placement was a little off. Um, but there were just some like clear communication issues with the offensive line, with him and the offensive line, and sometimes the wide receivers, where he just didn't have a chance. So I really am interested to see him get the second opportunity, uh, the first opportunity to play. Um, whether that's starting the game, whether that's being the first quarterback after Tua, I'd like to see him kind of play with some of those guys who are closer to the bubble or maybe on the right side of the bubble and are more established guys. Um, but certainly in the first half, I mean, he drove the, I mean, Mike White drove them down the field on three occasions. Um, he didn't get any points. I, I think that in a real game, Mike McDaniel settles for field goals. Most of those, like the, the first, the interception on the first drive was, you know, on like second and nine or whatever. So, all right. But, you know, he went for it twice at the um, second time at the end of the half. I'd like to think that Mike McDaniel would probably take the points there. And then maybe it looks a little better. Maybe, like, that changes the way, you know, Scarlett Thompson plays the second half and whatnot. But for the most part, I thought Mike White, like, operated the offense. Outside of the, the turnovers or the turnover, I thought he operated the offense. Um, and it and it looked it looked like an NFL offense. It wasn't what we've seen, what we saw a lot of last year when Tua went down. And they just could not move the ball. 
you know, the operation was bad. You know, the you're having the delay of game penalties. Like I, I didn't see a lot of that with Mike White. Um, and I guess that's really a sign. I mean, right now, I think he's definitely, I mean, after the game, I said he's kind of the number two backup by default. Um, but even in training camp the past couple of weeks, um, you know, he's been building and he's, you know, he, he's looked like the better quarterback, honestly. Um, so again, you know, it's still far from decided. It looks like Scott is going to get an opportunity to play first. Um, but in terms of Michael White, I thought that he looked like a competent backup, if that makes sense. I, I I agree. He did a lot of things well to get, you know, the ball down the field. Um, but at some point, you know, you you kind of stick the ball in the end zone. I know you gotta. Or, I know you gotta. You know, you have to. You have to. You gotta. You gotta finish the drive. You show for you gotta finish the drive. And um, you know, that wasn't there in a, in the area when things get a little tighter. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, during the regular season, yeah, you, you know, you probably maybe take the field. I don't know about both times. I, th- I think one of those times he, he probably does go for it. Um, you know, the way the, you know, the analytics folks are these days, you know, they're, you know, with the percentages on going for it. And, you know, obviously the, you know, the, you know, the payoff being greater, being more than twice, you know, twice the payoff if if you're successful is you know twice as much as if you kick the field goal, uh, you know. Yeah. So I think that you know that would have been handled similarly. Like I say just um, the quarterback. <laughs> Joe Theismann used to love to say the quarterback is actually the most dependent person on the field yeah because he depends on the line to do their job he depends on the receivers to run their jobs and and make the catch you know the the, you know the you know the running in pass protection the running backs to protect properly uh you know in the in the run game to you know everybody you know he's he's looked at the offensive success is often looked at you know solely on him when you know, he's like, okay, yeah, I'm, you know, I may be the CEO, but I'm relying on a lot of people to do their jobs. And so that's completely valid that, you know, you, know, you might have receivers not doing their jobs. Your protection is not going to be the, is the same. Um, still in all, once you, you know, there are certain things once you section off, okay, this is your job. Um, I don't know that, you know, I don't, I don't know that they get passing grades, you know, I don't, um, I think we're talking, you know, C minus. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it wasn't, it wasn't, I mean, there's, there's a lot to correct there for sure. Yeah. yeah. And Um, that's, that's summer school. You you, you get stuck at summer school for that performance. That That was a semester, but again, is this a pattern? Let's let's take a look at this week and see what happens. You know, uh, if if it's not a pattern, then we then we move on. And um, but yeah. yeah, it wasn't. And you know, taking training camp in total, you know, the defense had a little more of an 
little bit of an edge. That was not the preseason game you wanted to see out of your offense, even even though that said, your it really wasn't your first team offense out there. Yeah, I was gonna say I think I think one of the more also what was kind of discouraging for for Dolphins fans watching it because obviously then you know fans aren't at every single training camp practice, but the various reports, including with the Herald, has been that. Uh, the defense has, has definitely had a significant edge over the offense. So, again, for that to kind of carry over to the game, you know, kind of gives you maybe a reason for worry. Um, you know, I, I would say that I think that the offense definitely is experimenting with a lot. I think they experimented with a lot in the in the opener as well. It's going to be interesting to see how much of that carries over to the regular season or, you know, is this, are these really, like, legitimate struggles that we're seeing right now? Um, again, they're going to have two practices, Wednesday, Thursday, against the, uh, against the Texans. Uh, Mike McDaniel said that there's a good chance that Skyler starts um, or plays before Mike White, so he'll get an opportunity to, to see what he can do in the first half uh, with some more established guys, um, and then you know we'll we'll see how how they progress as well. All right, we're gonna take a short break, but when we come back on the other side of things, the Dalvin Cook saga is finally over. It went on for months, but it came to a conclusion on Monday. Um, but he's not returning home for a homecoming. Uh, instead, he'll be facing the Dolphins twice. Uh, this upcoming season. We're going to react to that and whether that's a big deal or not. Stay locked with us. We'll be back soon. What's going on, everybody? Still here on the Dolphins in that podcast talking all things Dolphins with David Neal. And on the first half, we recaps Dolphins preseason opener, our reactions to uh, the play of the two quarterbacks vying to back up to a tongue by Loa. Uh, now, in the second half, we're going to talk about a player who was very heavily speculated to be a member of the Dolphins, but instead uh, he joined their division rival. I'm talking about running back Miami native Dalvin Cook. Um, according to reports, he is signing a one-year deal up to $8.6 million with the New York Jets. Uh, he took a visit up there a couple of weeks back, um, flirted with the possibility of coming home, going to New York. Now it's official. He'll be joining the Jets. Uh, the saga's has come to an end. I mean, this the Dolphins were linked to Dalvin Cook way back in the offseason when they tried to trade for him. Um, then when he was released, again, there was a lot of public uh, flirting, um, kind of asking to be courted by the Dolphins. He said it's a perfect fit. He said it would be a Cinderella story. Uh, instead, it could be a horror story now because he's joining their divisional rival, um, and he's going to he's gonna play them twice in the upcoming season. Um, you know, from what I understand and what's been reported at the Herald, um, the Dolphins did give him an offer, um, but the offer was a couple million dollars short of what he what he eventually received uh, from the Jets. I know it's up to $8.6 million with incentives, but, you know, even the the offer on the table from the Dolphins um, didn't come very close to that from what I understand. Um, so, you know, kudos to Dalvin Cook. He got the deal that he was seeking. Um, he didn't, doesn't get to come home. Uh, the New York taxes might shave off a lot of that, but uh, it looks like he might be able to be the lead back in New York with Aaron Rodgers and that revamped team. Um, it, it's interesting. I know a lot of Dolphins fans are kind of reacting to this news and, you know, criticize or the quickest thing to do is criticize the GM and say, what are we doing and whatnot? Um, but it was very clear early on what the, how the Dolphins felt about this situation. Um, you know, McDaniel was asked about Dalvin Cook the day before he was released by the Vikings. And he was asked about, you know, investing a lot in a running back, investing a lot of money in a running back. And he said, hey, every position is different. Every player is different. It's case by case. 
Um, but it has to work for both sides. You know, I think there was a lot of a lot of things at play that kind of prevented this from happening. First off, the Dolphins just didn't value Dalvin Cook as much as the Jets did. I mean, that's very clear. Um, when you give somebody $8.6 million and you're offering more around $4 million um, plus extensives, um, you know, it shows that you don't view them as, as the priority that, you know, the other team does. Um, he clearly wanted to be, and he said it, he wanted to be a place that gave that gives him the rock. Um, he gets that in New York because Brees Hall was just activated off the pup list like today or yesterday. Um, so he gets an opportunity. And, 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 even, if he, and even if he wasn't. I mean, yeah, they they were going to they signed out. They were going to give him the ball. Exactly. You know, in, in Miami, you've got I mean, we talked about it a lot. They have a group of running backs who aren't flashy, who aren't sexy, who aren't household names, per se. Um, but Mike McDaniel trusts them and believes in them. You know, whether that's Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson. They just drafted uh, Devon A. Chain and he looked really good. Um, and then you I've said it before. I mean, you're. You're going to have to seed carries to, I mean, touches to Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. I mean, that is, no matter who you brought in, even right. if you brought in Dalvin Cook, those two guys, those two wide receivers were going to be the focal point of this uh, this offense. Does the Dalvin Cook move, like, sway things, you know, mo- like, completely in the AFC East? Not really. I mean, if you were a team that thought that the Jets were already better than, uh, that already thought the Jets were better than the Dolphins, I mean, does he make it them that much better? I, I I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, they have issues on the offensive line. Um, there are questions. There are people out there that have noted that his production is kind of efficiency has declined over the past couple of years. Um, you know, if you view it the other way and you think the Dolphins are better than uh, the Jets before this move, I mean, are you really going to launch the Jets above the uh, Dolphins because, you know, they had a running back. I mean, we've seen the NFL where the running back position isn't as valued, isn't, doesn't have as big of an impact uh, in the NFL. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that it's, it's not important, um, but I don't think this really like, I don't think it's an earth shattering move. It's a big move in name, kind of similar to Ezekiel Elliott. Well, maybe I, well, I won't say no, because I think that Tom Cook has a No, he's got more left than Zeke. He's got more than Zeke. <laughs> but it's more, it's more, I feel like it's more name than like legitimate substance. He's going to make them better, but I don't know if like he changes life for them as it pertains to the AFC East, uh, you know, the, the, um, the landscape of the AFC East. Like I, I, no. I, dis- I, I disagree. I think while I understand the Dolphins completely understand the Dolphins approach, uh, the fact the the fact that you have, you know, Aaron Rodgers still has something left. I believe I agree with that. And and you you give him a running back who Dalvin Cook's got something left. Now maybe Dalvin Cook is not the Dalvin Cook of three years ago, but he's still a very very good running back. And you have, you know, that this just makes the Jets more of a threat on offense, which is really which is really their problem last year i mean they're if they got anything from their offense the last few games that you know that they would have been in the playoffs uh so and you know that's assuming their defense can play as well as you know can repeat their performance from last year um which can be a big assumption but i i think that's a very good that still looks like a very good defense even if you say okay let's if they're not top, if they're not top five, maybe they're top ten, top twelve this year, and that's that's good enough. 
with the expected that, That's good enough offense. if you have a decent if you have a decent offense and that offense can be more than decent now. Yeah. And so are they better than the Dolphins? I don't know. But boy, it's like this. The there, there was not. I was. I was. I was. I was hard pressed to think of the Jets. I, I thought the Jets being right there with the Dolphins. I don't know if this makes. I, I just think it does make them better, and does it make them better than the Dolphins? Ugh. You're splitting hairs. I mean, it's it's like again. I don't think it. Like I don't. I just don't think it changes life for their offense and to. And truthfully, I mean, you can you can run back the tape. I, I didn't think Dalvin Cook would change life for the Dolphins offense. The Dolphins, right? So yes. again, I think that right. It's like, so it's like, am, I, am I am I do I think the do I think Dalvin Cook is good for like an extra win? I I, I don't I don't know that. If I if I thought the Jets were a nine and eight team before Dalvin Cook, I think they're like a 10, 11 win team now. I I just don't know that because again, the, just the it, nature it, of the running back position and the questions on the offensive line. It's similar to the questions I had. I have with the Dolphins, you know, some of their problems on the offensive line and how much uh, a good to potentially elite running back really changes that. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not sure. Hides that a good, a really good, a really good experienced running back can hide some deficiencies in, in an offensive line. Now a, a offense, a, that offensive line, it will, you know, obviously your running game theoretically does start with your offensive line. Um, but we've seen situations where a really good running back can hide some deficiencies in the line and turn, you know, what what would have been a one or two yard loss into a four yard gain, and you know can do that regularly enough that you know you get away with having a lot having that having those deficiencies in the line. Um. I think Dalvin Cook does that better than any running back on either roster. I don't think there's a question of that. Uh, although, you know, the Jets running, the Jets young running backs looked pretty good last year until. Uh, yeah, Brees Hall may hurt. have been rookie of the year. If, yeah. Offensive rookie of the year, if not for that ACL. And um, yeah. so I, I just think that this, they, this does make them better. And well, the Dolphins regret. Not signing Dalvin Cook. That's that because it's one thing for him to to not sign with the team, but to stay in house and stay in the stay, stay in the same division. I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't think I don't the think Dolphins will regret signing. I don't think the Dolphins will. Well, I don't think the Dolphins will regret not signing Dalvin Cook. Could the Dolphins regret the Jets signed Dalvin Cook? That's entirely possible. That's true. That's 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 a it, that's good, a good semantics right there. Yeah. 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 It's it's you know. It, it might be splitting areas, but it it's a difference, and that's the difference in you know. I think the way this is this could play out, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's he gives you one more thing to really worry about on that deep. And you know, when things get, it's not like Aaron Rodgers doesn't know how to play in cold weather for Pete's sake, um, <laughs> you know, but. Yeah. Uh, the winds of the Meadowlands, even in the uh, you know MetLife Stadium, even in the Giant Stadium replacement, can get awful strange and uh, can get awful funny and strange in November, December, and January. And that is when you you really do 
would like to have somebody like Dalvin Cook in your backfield, uh, healthy and able to, uh, you know, able to carry the rock a bit. So, yeah, I mean that's 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 another thing. Again, I mean I think last year was the first year that he played all played the entirety of a regular season. Um, you know, I think he had soldier he had surgery for a shoulder injury that was kind of lingering over the past couple of years. I mean, he's been wearing that kind of harness. Um, I don't think he's gonna be ready. I mean, I think there was a report from Adam Schefter that I mean he's not gonna be like hitting the ground running. He just had a baby, so congrats to him on that. Um, but then he's got a I think he's still gotta heal up that that shoulder. Um, so he's supposed to be ready for the regular season, but it's not like you know, he's gonna be at practice later this week, you know, doing everything um, you know, one hundred percent. Um, so there's that. Obviously, the Dolphins have some injury history, uh, injury questions with them as well. Raheem Mostert has been a guy that's been nicked up. He missed a couple of games. He missed the playoff game last year. Um, so it goes it goes both ways. I do think the Dolphins are poised to run the ball better. We talked about this before. Um, like Daniel said himself, a lot of times you just need to commit to running the ball. The, the raw, I mean, the raw stats aren't great, but when you look at Mostert and Wilson, especially in the second half of the year, again, we said it before. Um, they're averaging, you know, close to five yards a carry. They're not getting a lot of negative yards. So I think that there is potential for them to uh, to improve, just, you know, kind of internally improve. Uh, A-Chain looked good in the preseason. Miles Gaskin, I mean, he had 57 yards. He had some burst. Um, you know, he's fighting for a, a roster spot right now. I think there is, um, you know, especially if they get improvements on the offensive line, and I, I think that they will because Austin Jackson has looked better. Um, Isaiah Wynn is pushing Liam Eichenberg for a starting spot. I think the offensive line would be better. Um, I think that they will make those internal improvement, internal improvements to the running game. Um, will they regret not signing Dalvin Cook? I don't think so. I think they could have went either way with it. I think that, you know, it's obvious that they viewed him as a luxury. Um, and you can make the argument that, you know, you've you've kind of invested, not over-invested, but you invested so much capital and money into top-tier guys. Why not get somebody like that? They can maybe give you that that little bump, that marginal bump. Um, they decided that, you know, they had a price point and they wanted to stick to it. So now uh, we'll, we'll see. You know, a couple months from now, we'll see. We'll either be praising the Dolphins for not making that move or we'll be, we going, uh, yeah. shaking, our, we'll be shaking our head questioning why they, why they didn't we wrong. get down kid, you know. Uh, so we'll see what happens with them. Obviously, uh, again, the Dolphins and Jets are facing off twice. Uh, first on Black Friday, the first ever Black Friday game on Prime Video. Uh, and then the Jets are coming over uh, to South Florida a couple weeks later to play the Dolphins. So end of end of season clashes. Uh, both of those games will have major playoff implications, uh, which make which will make this storyline even that much juicier. So I can't wait for that. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of another edition of the Dolphins and Dad podcast. I want to make you guys welcome to tuning in. Make sure to subscribe to the Miami Herald YouTube page. Like, share, comment as well. Subscribe to the Miami Herald. I will be out. That, that one. That one right there. <laughs> that one. That one. I will be out here in Houston all week for joint practices for the game, enjoying some barbecue, but working first. Uh, <laughs> we're going to have coverage on Wednesday. We're going to have coverage on Thursday. Mike McDaniel to a tongue of our law. Uh, I got some really cool features uh coming out soon so definitely uh stay locked on the Miami Herald website follow me on twitter at daniel yafusi for your latest dolphins updates we'll be back next week to recap uh the week of during practices in the dolphins second preseason game against the texans but until then you guys take care better score <laughs> see you <ya. laughs> all right